you can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From The Australian, here's what's on The Front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Wednesday, June 7. The Reserve Bank dealt Australians another blow, raising the target cash rate by another quarter of a percent on Tuesday. It's the 12th time the RBA has hiked interest rates since April last year, and it's all part of its ongoing battle to get inflation under control. A game-changing new cancer treatment has been greenlit by the Therapeutic Goods Administration, offering new hope to patients yet to find success with conventional treatments. Developed in Victoria, the therapy has been proven to extend the life expectancy of some cancer patients by 7 to 15 years and can slow the progression of certain cancers by 6 years on average. The carnal knowledge trial of murderer Chris Dawson is rapidly drawing to a close, with school acquaintances and investigators shedding light on the former teacher's alleged interactions with the student he went on to marry. That's in today's episode. Lower Ground Courtroom 1 at the Downing Centre District Court in Sydney was taken to a familiar scene yesterday. It was a Saturday morning in 1980. A trolley boy was going about his business at a coal supermarket on Sydney's northern beaches. That boy, who can't be identified for legal reasons, is now almost 60, but he recalled what came next in vivid detail. We've used a voice actor to bring you his words from court. The man I now know as Mr Dawson came out from the shadows. There was light streaming in. There are slits in the wall that let in the sunlight. He said, hey you, or words to that effect. I looked and he approached me and backed me against There was a concrete ramp that goes at an angle. He was pushing my chest, not really aggressively, more in just a threatening way, I guess you could say. Then he backed me up against the wall, my chest or lower throat. He was pushing and holding me. He was a very large man. Both the Dawson brothers looked like chesty bonds, we would have said then. Very muscular, blonde, played for Newtown. And it took a minute to clock who it was, because I'd never met him before. The witness said Dawson threatened him about his interest in one of his colleagues at Coles. And then he said words to the effect of, stay away from her, don't go near her. I was completely perplexed about what was going on and probably pretty scared. I said, who? He said, A.B., and all the pieces fell together, and that was the end of the interaction. He must have moved away, and I got the trolleys and hightailed it back up the ramp. AB is the complainant in Chris Dawson's trial for carnal knowledge of a girl aged between 10 and 17 years. We can't identify her for legal reasons. She alleges Dawson first abused her when she was 16 and his pupil. It's a claim Dawson has denied. He says she was 17 when sexual activity occurred for the first time. We've heard this story before about the alleged confrontation in a Coles car park. 
The witness also testified in Dawson's murder trial last year, where Dawson's desire to have an unfettered relationship with AB was revealed as his motive for killing his first wife, Lynn. The witness chuckled when it was suggested to him by defence barrister Claire Wosley that he'd asked AB out several times. I probably asked, could we meet at the disco? She went to Kramer High and every week on a Saturday they had a disco at Collaroy Plateau. It was a very big social outing and we'd go to the disco and dance the nutbush city limits in our lumber jackets. I probably would have said, let's see a movie or see you at the disco or something like that. But despite his teenage persistence, the pair's relationship stayed platonic. I was a young man and I thought she was very attractive. You're young and she's a pretty girl, but our relationship was just friendly. She was a staff member there, and to be honest, there were a lot of attractive girls working at Coles. The timing of the alleged encounter in the Coles car park is important, because if it occurred when the Crown contends, it shows Dawson was involved with AB in 1980, when she was 16. You've already heard that this is a case that hinges on timing. The law of the time dictates that Dawson can only be found guilty if the Crown proves beyond reasonable doubt that the alleged sexual activity occurred before December 12, 1980, when AB was Dawson's student. Dawson has argued that key milestones in AB's version of events, like their first kiss or the sending and receiving of love notes, happened after AB had turned 17. If that's true, no crime was committed. But it's the evidence of witnesses like the Coles trolley boy and AB's contemporaries that the Crown is relying on to narrow and solidify the timeline to 1980, when AB was 16 and Dawson's student. Coming up, the former public servant who triggered a Department of Education investigation into Chris Dawson's behaviour as a teacher. Hey, I'm Felicity Harley and I host Healthy-ish, where we chat to experts, influencers and people in the know from around the globe to arm you with the knowledge to make healthier decisions for your mind, body and soul. I think if we're going to be focusing on health, like sleep is probably the biggest component of that. I I think sleep is the cornerstone. Like choose the harder option because I've never woken up and gone, I regret that run that I went at 4am. I've never done that. Search for Healthy-ish and Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your podcasts. We had a new insight yesterday into how authorities began their pursuit of Chris Dawson. Listeners to this podcast know that the Director of Public Prosecutions declined to charge Dawson with the murder of his wife, who disappeared in 1982, despite two coroners recommending he be charged. It was only after the Teacher's Pet podcast by our colleague Hedley Thomas, launched in May 2018, that Dawson was charged. The podcast prompted New South Wales Police Commissioner Mick Fuller to form Strikeforce Southwood to investigate claims raised in the podcast that teachers at high schools in Sydney's northern beaches had had inappropriate dealings with schoolgirls between 1978 and 1985. Here's an excerpt of what the former Commissioner Mick Fuller told Headley in The Teacher's Pet. Commissioner, can you tell me where we're up to with the police investigations involving both the sexual assaults and the uh, alleged murder of Lynn Dawson? 
So the two investigations are on a very different pathway at the moment. Uh, after we spoke, Headley, I established Strike Force Southwood to look at the historical sexual offences. Uh, and since then, the investigation has been progressing extremely well, much thanks to the victims that you identified during your investigation and your podcast. That Strike Force, headed by Detective Sergeant Laura Beecroft, obtained notes from an investigation conducted by the Department of Education in the late 90s. And now we know what triggered that investigation. Notes made by a department investigator named Pat Clear and read into evidence in the district court on Tuesday show a former employee of the department named Celeste Everingham first raised the alarm. In 1997, Miss Everingham told Pat Clear she had been provided information from her nieces who had attended Cromer High School. Miss Everingham also raised concerns about two other unnamed teachers. Mr Clear tried to get hold of police files in the then unsolved disappearance of Dawson's wife Lynette, but those files had been lost, Detective Inspector Paul Maggot told Mr Clear, according to the summary. The detective gave Mr Clear the address of the complainant, AB, and she agreed to give a statement. In June 1998, after taking AB's statement, Mr Clear sent a letter to Chris Dawson, who was by then living in Queensland, saying an allegation had been raised about improper conduct of a sexual nature with a female student in 1980 and 1981. Mr Clear then phoned Dawson, who declined to comment. Mr Clear sent Dawson a letter seeking cause why his name should not be included on a not-to-be-employed list. Dawson rang Mr Clear on the 23rd of July 1998 and said, according to Mr Clear's file note, He did not intend to respond to the letters in writing and he did not want his non-response read as an admission. He was not intending to return to New South Wales and for that reason does not intend to go to the trouble of responding. Detective Sergeant Beecroft, the head of Strike Force Southwood, entered the witness box on Tuesday. She confirmed that the Strike Force was prompted by revelations made in the Teacher's Pet podcast. Last year, the Strike Force secured the conviction of another Northern Beaches teacher, Lee Joyce Dunbar, for indecent assault of a student between the years of 1978 and 1980. Chris Dawson's carnal knowledge trial has been adjourned until Thursday morning, when its last witness will be heard before Judge Sarah Huggett retires to consider her verdict. Subscribers to The Australian get first access to all our updates at theaustralian.com.au. My name is Manny Karoudis, and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts.